0: Romans chapter 10, glory. Well, we want to fully obey God this morning and take care of business, but we want to get you out of here so that uh, you can rest, get you a power nap. Amen. And uh, that we can uh, come and receive from this great man of God, from God through this wonderful vessel tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, Romans, the 10th chapter. And let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. It is food for our faith. It is revelation for our heart. It is renewing for our mind. God, as I've already prayed in the hearing of the people, I pray that, Father, as they sit under the ministry of your word, that, Father God, that you would open up the eyes of their understanding, that, Father God, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would be ministered unto them, that you would give us all hearts that perceive and minds that take hold. You give us ears to hear. You give us eyes to see. And we make a decision right now not to check out. We make a decision right now. We're going to draw on the gift that is before us today. Hallelujah. And get all that we need to get. And we thank you, Father God, that as we learn to live by faith, that father we are overcoming things we are moving mountains out of our ways we are we are appropriating divine promises and we are learning to be overcomers we are learning to be promise receivers and living the blessed life that you have ordained for us to live and we thank you for these things in Jesus name amen, amen. Well, for a number of weeks now, they tell me that this is the sixth teaching I've done since we started the series, Living by Faith. And uh, so if you're a visitor or a guest, and obviously you've not been able to be with us, uh, you could go back because all of these lessons, they, they build one on the other. We're building today on things that we have said uh, in weeks gone by. And you could go to our website, our podcast, Facebook, YouTube channels, all of that good stuff wouldn't cost you anything. Feed on that and catch up with us, Amen. But one of the things we've seen is we have seen that uh, faith is not a creed that we hold. It's not a creed that we hold. Faith is not a movement that blew through the body of Christ in the 90s. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, Faith is a lifestyle. Faith is the lifestyle that God has ordained for all of his children to live. God is a faith God. If God is anything, He is a faith God. He operates by faith Himself. Amen. Really, we're training right now how to conduct our life when we get to heaven. The flow of faith will not end when we get to heaven. What we'll we'll be free from is all the hindrances to faith. (laughs) There won't be any devil that can hold back the the flow of our faith. But then, you know, at some point we're going to go to heaven, but we're coming back down here as the body of Christ to rule and reign on this earth. And faith is how God operates. Faith is not something you exercise one time, get your name written in the Lamb's book of life, and then you're just holding on to the uh, seat of the pew as hard as you can, holding out until Jesus comes to rescue us in a rescue operation. No, Jesus said that we are to occupy until he comes. Amen. Glory to God. We're supposed to take ground and hold ground and live the blessed life God has intended for us to live. God does not want you sick. And the way that you are going to live what God wants is a healthy life is, number one, you're going to have to learn. You're going to have to find out that that's God's will. You know, the great F.F. Bosworth, he made this statement in his classic book, Christ the Healer. He made this statement. He said, faith begins where the will of God is known. Now, if, you, if you've been paying attention with me, that, that means something to you. How could you have faith in anything of me if you don't know what I have said or what my will would be? You couldn't. Everything apart from knowing what my will is or what I've said or promised to do for you, everything that you would try to have faith in would be assumption. And we, t- we dealt with that last week, that, that there is a fine but definite line between faith and presumption, faith and assumption. Many people are really just, they're calling something faith that is really nothing more than hope or a, a, an earnest wish. Amen. Or they are assuming God is going to do something, but they don't know He will. They don't know he will. And so we have to know what God's will is. Amen. Faith begins where the will of God is known. And people make religious statements, you know, we, we, we make fun of these things around here, you know, but they're just really dangerous. You know, statements like, well, you know, you, you just never know what with God. You just never know what God's going to do. Well, that's not a scripture, Right, That's not a scripture. When it comes to the covenant, I said when it comes to the covenant, maybe you have one on your device, an electronic version of the covenant, or you have like me, you have a paper copy of the covenant. That covenant is a very specific outline of what God will do. Amen. And he's not kidding about it. He's not not put all those scriptures in there to give us a head fake. He means it. Amen. We've studied scriptures like back in Numbers where it says, has God not said? Will he not do it? Has he not spoken? Will he not make it good? Amen. See, if God is not like most of us. And we should be growing in this area. But if God says it, He will make it good. That scripture says in Numbers 23 that God is not a human being. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. That's King James language Uh, in our vernacular. It means he's not the kind of person that changes his mind. God has not changed his mind. He's never wanted anyone to suffer with sickness, disease, tragedy, poverty, anything harmful, detrimental, not one bit, not one iota, not to any degree. You say, well, if that's true, Pastor, then how come? Well, I understand all that, but the short answer to the big question of if that's true, Pastor, how come? The how come is you and I must bring our faith You know, I, I, I drove by a church marquee, not giving the name, and I'm not, I'm not making fun, but the church marquee said, God has always been and will always be in control. Now, do you like that statement or do you not like that statement? There are many, many people, evidently that church, whoever put that marquee out there, that believes that. Well, To a degree, I believe it too. God is a sovereign God. And ultimately, the way this book says everything's gonna finish out, that's exactly the way it's gonna finish out. Amen? But in the day-to-day affairs of human beings, God is not in control. God is not in control of when you die. Yeah. Come on. Oh, no. Yes, he is. Give me scripture. Because I have like 20 of them right here I could pull out of my pocket that will prove to you. Right in the book of Proverbs, all through the book of Proverbs, it says, you know, if you could live like a fool and shorten your life. And like fools will only live out half their days. Well, that's not on God's side. That's you being dumb you being dumb and living reckless. Smoking four packs of cigarettes and sleeping around, you're going to get a disease. and, And that's not God being in control. That's you being foolish. I've done foolish things. Thank God for his mercy. The Bible says that you can be wise and lengthen your life. We even have the instance in the book of Isaiah gives the account of God sending the prophet into a king named Hezekiah, And the word of the Lord was, Hezekiah, you shall die. You shall not live. Get your affairs in order. And the prophet walked out of the room. Well, do you know what? Hezekiah did not accept that. He did not accept that as the last word. The Bible says that Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed and got some things right got some things fixed in his heart and God told that prophet, he was out in the courtyard by then, to do an about face and go back in there and said, now the word is, you shall not die, you shall live for the Lord has added unto your life 15 years. Well, if God's in control, is he schizophrenic? Is he Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? no. Hezekiah was, was sitting behind the driver's wheel. God, that first prophecy was not God sentencing Hezekiah to death. That was God, the pro, God through the prophet saying, under these conditions, if you don't change the conditions, you're not going to live. This is the way this is going to turn out. Amen. And so Hezekiah changed the conditions. Yeah. Well, it sounds like Hezekiah was in control. Amen. You have a lot to say. You have more to say about the outcome of your life than God does. You have more to say about the outcome of your life than the devil does. That doesn't make God not God. God is God. But we have decisions to make every day. Amen. And we need to one of the decisions we need to make every day is we're going to get up and believe Him. We're going to get up and believe Him. Hallelujah. Good preaching already. Amen. I'm not endeavoring to be disrespectful to our Father. I'm not endeavoring. God is God and we are not God. Amen. But I'm telling you what, He has given you a will. And your will enables you to make choices. I was nearly weeping over someone that's had history with the church. Uh, for many years, and I've watched them grow. i watched her mom pull her out of the church, her and her kids, and stay out of church for decades. And I've seen this particular one grow up and have failed relationships with men, produce children after multiple men, And now, being an adult, having to work three and four jobs and can't come to church and struggling financially, she's overcome with physical problems. She's uh, got constant stuff going on with her mind, and uh, she's just a mess. And I'm not picking on her. But if God's in control, is God making her? He's in control, he's orchestrating all that. That's not our God, that's not our Father. Her mom made choices to pull her out of the church, her, and then she made choices about going to bed with people and being in wrong relationships and being unequally yoked and violating all kinds of scriptures, and you cannot have a good life making wrong choices. And you can't point at God and say, God's in control and put all the responsibility of your mess, my mess, on God being in control. We have to take responsibility That's right. to get into the word of God, find out what his will is, and then learn how to live by faith and bring those things into our life more and more and more as we learn more and more and more as we go. And listen, we have all goofed up. We have all made mistakes. We have all made a mess. Amen. The wonderful thing about God and our covenant is if we will just turn to God and bring him our mess and not keep living the way we've been living, amen, he will pour out the mercy of God, the grace of God, the power of God. I mean, he will begin to put your life back together. Amen. Amen. But God, we have to give something for to God to work with, and so much of the time, it's simple faith. Yes. And so, where we had left off last week was uh, primarily in this seventeenth verse, Romans ten seventeen. Now, y'all, forgive me if I've, if you feel like I got on, on you a little bit. I, I really didn't, but I don't like this brainwashed, goofy religious idea that God's at fault for everything. That's really what people are saying. Well, I prayed and, and she died, so God killed her, or God failed to heal her. That's not good thinking. That is not right. And we're impugning God and who he is when we, do, when we do stuff like that. And so much of us has been sincere, and so much of us, where did we learn this goofy idea? We learned it by going to church. Right? Amen. Amen please exalt the written scripture above wherever wherever it is you go to church, including this one, amen? So in Romans 10, 17, Paul says, so then faith comes. So here he's dealing with how to get faith. How do we develop faith? How do we get faith? Well, it's very simple. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Tell me again how faith comes. Amen. Amen. So let let's clarify some things. Does faith come by reading? No. no. It's not what it said. Now, knowledge comes by reading. Light revelation can come by reading. Reading is very important. But faith won't come, the force of faith that will move mountains. The force of faith that will receive healing and provision and all of God's promises does not come by reading. Faith comes by hearing. Amen. Amen. And then there's a comma there, and he clarifies what he means. Faith comes by hearing, let me clarify, Paul says, by the word of God. We studied last week, this word, word, is not the written word, logos, it's the spoken word, or the quickened word, or the anointed word of God, hallelujah, and so to have faith in God about anything, will he forgive me, you need to have faith for that, but how are you going to get it, by hearing what he says about that. So we need to develop a lifestyle. I want to spend a few minutes here. I'm looking at the clock. A few minutes here talking about how to develop strong faith. How to go from wherever you are right now to develop stronger, uh, broader, uh, to increase your measure of faith. You're not going to get more faith than you have right now uh, by asking God to increase your faith. Faith does not come by asking him to increase it. Amen. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing the anointed word. Hallelujah. Well, to have strong faith, you need to develop a lifestyle of hearing. You need to put a higher value on hearing. And you need to spend much more time hearing. The more you give yourself to hearing the anointed word, the stronger your faith will be. Now, that's not the only thing, right? You know, you're not going to develop your physique, your physical physique alone by eating. We've proved that out. Are we going to, you know... Uh, turn ourselves into the rock just by eating. Well, we found out we're not. Amen? Now, you've got to eat for sure, but you've got to eat right. Isn't that right, Caden? You've got to eat right, not wrong. But even eating right won't get you to look like the rock. You've got to eat, and then you have to exercise. So developing faith means I'm going to take the measure of faith I have right now and I'm going to exercise that faith. I'm not going to just walk around with unused faith. I'm going to use my faith. Are you with me? I'm going to use my faith. And these last days are affording us amazing, awesome, daily opportunities to use our faith. Come on, you're going to go to the grocery store? Use your faith. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Maybe you want it. Maybe you heard what I said during the offering time and you said, I want, I want to walk in divine compensation. Yeah. Amen. Well, you can. Yeah. You can. But you're going to have to develop your faith for that. Yeah. Amen. You could develop such a strong faith in divine health that nothing can touch your body. That's possible. That is possible. That you could so walk with God in such confidence and assurance that sickness, you could be in the presence of virus and it can't touch you. Amen. 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 I'm telling you. Glory to God and live out your life. Brother Hagin proved it out when he was on the earth. And he just kept doing it. And he just had to add add a number every year. And I mean, he would talk about, well, it's been, you know, 35 years since I had a headache. Amen. Then it was like 50 years since I had a headache. Wow. Amen. 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 We'll say, well, he, you know, is he alive? No, he, he died. You want to know how he died? One morning he was at the dining room table having breakfast. He liked ice cream <laughs> and, banana, and, and strawberries. He, uh, what was that? whipped cream and strawberries and uh, so he was there and he was eating his whipped cream and strawberries and he looked up at his wife and winked and went like that and that was it he left people came in and tried to resist her, tried to keep his body alive but he was gone hallelujah that sounds like a way to go to me amen whatever you like eat that look up at your wife and smile you're out of here this is the way I think if he can do it, I can do it God doesn't love him anymore than he loves me but when they went into his bedroom amen and on the nightstand he's got Christ the healer there and he's got E.W. Kenyon's book on faith and healing and he's read that read that I mean who knows hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times And there he still is feeding his faith on healing because he knew as a young boy what it was like to be at death's door. He knew what it was like to be paralyzed, to not be able to run and play like other children. He knew what that was like, and he decided, you know, he got healed on his faith, and faith was working for him, and he just stayed faith all the way to the end. But see, he kept feeding his faith on the same material. He's not looking for some newfangled wind of doctrine, some new fad blowing through the body of Christ. Amen. That's why, man, I got, I'm open to getting some new books in my library, but I just go back to the same ones over and over and over again. That's right. Amen. 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 Praise, God. Praise God. Glory to God. Go with me to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. So to build and develop strong faith, I'm not going to be able to refocus on the exercise of your faith, much today, praise God. But I just just introduce this thought to us: to so you build faith, build strong faith, Amen. By sowing the seed of the word into your heart, there is this principle all throughout, Amen. That we need to take heed to. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word, Amen. So the Bible calls the word a seed. In 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, I believe that's right, uh, around verse 23. And so it says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. Notice that we were born again of an incorruptible seed, look at this, by the word of God, by the word of God the word of God about salvation came to you. And it was an incorruptible seed. And when you planted it in the soil of your heart, it, boom, it produced a harvest. So the word of God is an incorruptible seed. Y'all are real quiet. Hallelujah. And it lives and abides forever. Now go to Mark 4. Go to Mark chapter 4. Glory. Glory, to God. glory see we waste a lot of time listening to secular music in our car yep. we listen to, a, we, we, listen to all, we put all kinds of stuff in our ears for entertainment mm-hmm. and all of that is wasted opportunity yes, that's right. I'm not saying doing some of that is fine yes. amen depending on what it is But it is a missed opportunity to build and develop faith. You would be wise, I think, in these days to seek out the hearing of an anointed message on provision and prosperity. Amen? And sickness is always knocking at the door. And you would do well to be hearing constantly the anointed word of God about health And about healing. Again, because why? Faith comes that way. Faith only comes that way. And the world is so negative, and if you give yourself to that, you're going to have faith in that. You're going to begin to expect what you're hearing. That's why Jesus said, disciples, take heed what you hear. He did. He said, you need to take heed to what you're hearing. Because if you give yourself to hearing certain things long enough, your heart will begin to to believe that and try to produce that. Amen. So Mark 4, verse 14, notice what it says. Jesus said, The sower sows the word. I just showed you in 1 Peter that the word is a seed. So it would make sense for a sower to sow that seed. The sower sows the word. So the word of God acts like a seed. Whatever measure of faith I've attained unto today, I didn't get there overnight. Amen? It's been learning to live by faith and doing it consistently, week by week, month by month, year over year. And I never stop. I just keep doing it. You just keep doing it. So the sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes. Think about that. When they hear, Satan comes. Evidently, Satan knows the potential. Satan is conscious. He is aware of the potential that is there when someone hears the seed of the word. So where Satan is here today, Satan goes to church more faithfully than most Christians do. And he is here to see if he can't steal from your heart the seed before it could ever get into your heart at all. And so if someone is a wayside Christian, they hear the word but it never enters in. They never grab it. They never put it in. They never do anything with it. And Satan comes immediately. See, he knows the potential of what could happen if that seed gets into your heart. Yeah. So be as smart as the devil. Be as wise as the serpent. Put a premium on hearing. And don't let Satan steal the Word of God. See, uh, where a lot of Christians are vulnerable is maybe they, like me, I was raised in a certain Christian setting that taught way different. You know, they taught way different. Like the Holy Ghost was retired. He he was retired. And uh, miracles, no, all gone. And... uh, you know, we're hanging on down here. God is good, but we're hanging on, and lots of stuff happens we don't understand, but we'll understand it in the sweet by and by when we look on the fabric of the weave he's weaving and all that religious mumbo jumbo. And yeah. And so when I was first exposed to the word of faith, and that's not a movement. Paul said the word of faith that we preach. Amen. Well, it's dangerous because when your ears hear something new, yeah. yep. something that goes against the grain of what you've been taught, it's scriptural, but it's, it's not, <laughs> you've been pet this way. Yes. And then all of a sudden, someone's petting you this way. <laughs> Even though that may be true, the heart and the mind especially wants to reject that. Yes. Right. Amen. Amen and you're at a dangerous point. You need to approach the, the Word of God when it's preached or as you read it, and is it scriptural? Is it God's Word? Is this right? Is it scriptural? Because if it is, I'm going to accept it. Yeah, Amen? Yeah. So we don't want to be a wayside hearer where Satan just comes immediately. Then it says, and these likewise are the ones, on verse 16, that are sown on stony ground, who when they hear the Word immediately, they receive it with gladness. So they respond rightly to the word. They receive it with gladness. These are our hanky wavers and our ameners. Yeah, and they mean it. They're excited about it. They're genuine about it. But this person, the stony ground, what they were excited about at church under the preaching of the word, they forgot all about by the time they got to the car. They do not handle the word of God enough to let it begin to take root. You gotta let the word of God take root. My wife in new members' class, when she talks about this, this principle of seed, right? You don't plant a tomato seed in that afternoon be ticked off if you don't see the stalk growing up. And right. You're not mad a week later if you don't have a tomato to pick. You know it's a process. Right. 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 Amen? You need to treat the Word of God that way. Amen. Right? You may put a new scripture in your mouth and it tastes bitter for a while, but you just keep chewing on it. They're sweet. It's sweet. If you get down up past the sour part, <laughs> chew on it and digest it and let that word begin to take root in you. Amen. But this person, verse 17 says, they don't have any root in them. And so they endure only for a time. After when, when tribulation and persecution, you know when problems come. And notice they come for the word's sake. So see, Satan saw you. He didn't get to steal that word right away. You did receive it with gladness. Amen. And he sees, oh, you've got a little soil there, so he's going to put some pressure on you. He's going to stir up some troubling circumstances in your life. And then when it happens because the word isn't rooted, people get offended for the word's sake. They say, all this faith stuff doesn't work. No, faith does work, but you didn't get that seed rooted down into your heart like you need to. You know, these trees that are surviving this drought that we've been in here, they're surviving because they've got roots that are established in the soil. Amen. Verse 18, Jesus said, Now these are the ones sown among thorns, and they are the ones who hear the word. Faith comes by what? Hearing the word. And the cares of this world. Now, I think most of us are probably, if we're affected, we get affected in this category. At this church, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires or the craving for other things enter in and choke the word. Is there anything more powerful than the word? Yes. Yes. Can the word be choked? The, The word can flat be choked out of your life. You do the right thing with the word. There's nothing more powerful than the word. But the word can be choked. You can just drown out the power of the word in your life. How? Busy, busy, busy. The word of God gets choked out of someone's life with an overly busy schedule. I ask people, you've been reading your Bible? Well, Pastor, you know, I really, I know I need to. I just don't, I've been busy. Yeah, you keep living like that, that's how you're going to go down in defeat. You can't live that way as a lifestyle and live this victorious life of faith. You just can't. You've got to make room in your life for the word. Amen. 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 The cares of this world choke out the word. Worries, anxieties, things that we deal with, all of us, every week. If we, will, if we don't, aren't purposeful, these things will choke out the word. This is, this is our responsibility to do something about this. The deceitfulness of riches, the deceivableness of chasing money. Many people, the word is choked out of their life because they're chasing money. That's why they're not here today. They're chasing money. You have to make room in your life and in your schedule for the Word. Amen. So kudos to you to be, for being here. Amen? Amen? I mean, people are leaving the church in mass. Amen. Churches are closing by the hundreds in America by the week. We're at that time where Paul said people will no longer have any tolerance for the preaching and teaching of the real Word—they've got itching ears. And they're like, I—I—I that, I, that, I don't like that. Tickle my ears? Don't I don't want to itch? Tell me something good. Tell me, tell me how sweet I am. Tell me how. T-. Right? People don't want confrontational, jerk the slack out of my chain, put a demand on me type preaching teaching anymore. You have to decide what kind of person you want to be. And Amen. Notice the word under these different things gets choked out. But here's what we want to be, right? But these are the ones that are sown on good ground. I want to be a good ground Christian. That the incorruptible seed of the word of God, when it lands on Chris Cody's soil, it will be good ground. Good ground. God is not deciding what kind of ground you are. We are deciding what kind of ground we are. Amen? So those where the word of, now notice it's the same seed. The same incorruptible seed is being scattered and preached. Amen? But it's landing on all kinds of different soil types. And the differences we see year by year in the spiritual progress, experience of the blessing, or lack thereof in any congregation is you're seeing what types of soil we are. It's not that the word happened to work for Kamal, but it won't work for Brother Jerry. It's the same seed. I said it's the same seed. And notice, but even in good ground, the word does not bear the same on the same level. It says some 30, the word of God will produce a harvest, some 30, some 60, and some 100. Yeah, amen. Now, skip, I'm just going to close it here. Skip down to verse 24 of this chapter, Mark 24. And I'm going to just jump right to my Amplified. Jesus is on the same subject. He's still dealing with the same thing. Mark four twenty-four says uh, in the Amplified, And he said unto them, Be careful what you are hearing. Come on now. Be careful what you are hearing. So there's that. Then he says, The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of the virtue or power and knowledge that comes back to you, and more besides will be given to those who hear. Did you get this? Amen. We are the ones that are going to be determining what the Word of God is able to accomplish in our life, in our marriage, in our family, in our bit, whatever. Amen the measure of thought and study that y'all give to the Word, that will be the measure of the power of the Word that comes back into your life. Amen. Amen. That's why so I tell my children, you better start wearing out your own Bible like mom and dad have been wearing out theirs. Yeah. Amen. Good. Because our children have been living for decades under the blessing of the flow of mom and I's walk with God. But they can't do that forever. I'll read it again and we'll close. He said, be careful what you are hearing. Now I'm not just talking about secular television, all that goes without saying. But you need to be careful what preachers you're listening to. You can just you think you're doing yourself a service by just binge watching Christian television and you could end up messed up. Confused. I mean, what if I went to Kamal's house every night and I had intense Indian food, and then I had Mexican food, and then I went to this nation and ate their food, and then I went over here and ate their I'm going to have a messed up digestive system. Yeah. After my first week in his country, I said, listen, I need a chicken nugget. I need something. <laughs> I need something bland. I, I need something that's got no seasoning on it whatsoever. And he told me about this American-style 50s diner that had hot dogs and American chicken fingers. And I said, why are you just telling me about this place now? Because my system, it's, it's food. Nothing wrong with the food. It's food. But my system. And you mess your, spiritual, your diet up. Again, I will encourage you, you do what you want. Imitate me. Did God call you here? Am I your pastor? Then you need to be feeding primarily on what I'm serving. And then if you want dessert and you want appetizers and you want other courses, great. Get them out of the same stream that God has connected us to. Amen. Amen? I'm not in the Tony Evans flow. He's a great man of God, a great man of God, yeah. but God has not joined me to him. I don't know why you're listening to him. If you are, fine, I'm, not te- I'm just telling you. Right. Eat in the right pasture. Yes. Be careful what you're hearing. Yes. Deception is running rampant. People are being taken in by all kinds of weirdness and goofiness. And you need to keep watching this guy to make sure I'm not getting off the word myself. Amen? Amen. But then when you you find where you fit and you found your man of God and your company of believers, Mm -hmm. amen, then give yourself to hearing. We are, we are a generation more blessed than any others before us. I mean, you can hear. You can hear in so many ways. Cool ways. Podcasts. And, right? You don't even have to plug anything anymore. You don't have to do a CD or those tapes. You have to, we used to have to rewind and go all that mess to hear stuff. Man, you guys got it made. Right? Faith comes by hearing. Make hearing the anointed word your flow, your lifestyle, and that's one strong way that in those one, in every area that you want to have strong faith in, Amen. Make sure you're hearing that, and you'll you'll grow strong in faith. You'll grow strong in faith. Amen. Hallelujah.